0: It's been quite a year for news about the environment, hasn't it? It's been a lot in the news in 2018. I'm guessing in one of those last year, 2018 review things, environment were a big thing. We've seen news about the plastic in our oceans. Uh, we've seen a lot of news with fires in California, floods in India a few weeks ago, and so on. Now, I was really, actually, about how we can do a little bit for the environment in what we eat and how we celebrate Christmas, Uh, So the good news, in terms of environment and Christmas, is that Brussels sprouts are fine. They're on the menu. Um, Maybe they're also good news, but oysters apparently are good. Uh, Apparently they absorb CO2, so oysters are a good thing to encourage that industry. Um, But, of course, red meat, and apparently Atlantic salmon, less good on your Christmas uh, season menu. And presents, of course... Um, This is tricky. I'm not good at this. But try and buy presents that are not just going to get thrown away the next day. Because clearly that's not good for the environment in lots of ways. Well, Matthew is giving us, as we think about Christmas tonight and that story that's just been read, the best news for every generation, whatever the 2018 or whatever the 2019 news will be, the best news that there is. And it's news that's both... Um, New, new, I know that sounds like a tautology, new news, but actually it's also old news at the same time. Let me explain what I mean. The reading starts with those words, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. We've just heard those words from Matthew chapter 1. And he's saying, this news is new. This is not something you've heard before. It's about the birth of Jesus Christ. And when he says the birth there he's not so much interested in telling us about the length of Mary's time in labor. He wants to tell us about the miraculous way in which the child in her, Jesus, is conceived. So it's about the miraculous virgin conception of Jesus, not about how much he weighed when he was born. Now, but lots of other features here tell us this is a very special story. Matthew's just before this given the family tree of Jesus, all the way down from Abraham through David, King David, to Jesus. And he was saying, um, raise your expectations of who this is that I'm just about to tell you about when he's born, because he's going to be, just maybe, the one that fulfills the expectations of a Messiah, of a Savior. He tells us in the reading just now that Mary is pregnant through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, and again, in the Bible, the Holy Spirit, it's, it's language for the dynamic power of God at work on earth. In fact, the last time in the Bible that the Holy Spirit brought, created new life in this way is right back in Genesis chapter 1. So here's the Holy Spirit who created life. ...in the whole universe who's now creating very special life in the womb of Mary. So here is God creating again. But Joseph, as we saw in the story, as the story starts, uh, he's really not worked out yet. Understandably, the enormity of what's going on and the cause underneath, God's cause of what's happening... ...in the womb of his fiancée, Mary. So she's pregnant. They're not married yet. He knows he's not the father... Uh, In that culture, it was customary as part of the marriage ritual that you'd be engaged for a time and then the husband would take his wife home and the marriage would be consummated. And Matthew is very clear that that moment hasn't been reached yet. And yet, Mary's expecting. Now, there have been skeptics since actually the time of Jesus who've suggested the claim that Mary conceived Jesus in her womb miraculously through the work of the Holy Spirit, that that's just a myth. So they say, and they said then, and they still say today, some people, that that there were lots of ancient myths about God's coming down and cavorting with young women and giving birth to children. And this is just another one. Matthew's copied them, maybe. But actually, Matthew's a Jewish writer. Jesus was Jewish. And all his first followers were Jewish. They would have had no time at all for taking a pagan myth into their faith in Jesus. No time at all. In fact, you know, they, they knew the birds and the bees, they knew some biology, and they knew, because they knew Mary and Joseph and the story around their marriage, that something extraordinary, something new had happened in the conception of Jesus. They knew that. And that's the, the historical story as Matthew's, recording it now joseph in obedience to jewish law jewish custom believes that if mary's not been faithful that he should not go ahead with the marriage it's just a little reminder isn't it that, that sometimes our religious rules can make it difficult they can get in the way if god is actually doing something we hadn't expected We today, I guess, we have to recognize the danger of thinking things through too much ourselves without also consulting God and asking him what's going on. So it is a new story, something very new happening. It's also, though, a very old story. God sends in that reading a messenger, an angel, who speaks to Joseph, Matthew says, in a dream to show Joseph what he, God, is doing. And so the angel says, the messenger from God says to Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. You're not breaking my law, not treading on, on divine toes, if you take Mary home as your wife. And to explain why, the angel says, the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, from God himself, And Mary will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus, uh, in the ancient languages, means he saves. He's the saviour. So here's the angel. Actually, what the angel's doing here is connecting the forthcoming birth of Jesus, the saviour, with a very old story, of the Jewish people, from what we call the Old Testament, centuries before. Israel had turned away, centuries before, from God, who had made them his own, and had put their trust in idols, in anything other than God, to be uh, the power, the person that we follow and that we love and are loyal to. And that turning away was what we call a sin, a sin at the heart of each person, but also a sin collectively, of the whole nation, the people. It led to disaster for Israel. Uh, God brought about the end, of effectively, of the royal line of David, reigning over the people, and the people were taken to slavery, to exile in Babylon. But the angel says, this child is going to start reversing that. This child is going to be a saviour from sins. The period of condemnation and shame is finishing. The one who saves is Jesus. And then Matthew hears that promise from the angel and he underlines it. He says, we can identify this promise with a very old prophecy from someone called Isaiah some 700 years before Jesus. And that was the first reading we had this evening from Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah had said, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Matthew connects what's happening with Jesus, the Saviour coming, back to Isaiah's prophecy that in its day was spoken in a time when the kings of Israel were a disappointment to God because of their unfaithfulness and their weakness, saying that promise at last is coming true. Emmanuel is coming. God is going to be with us again. Now, you might think it's strange today, I think, for God to reveal himself uniquely and all that period back in the ancient world through the people of Israel. You know, how odd of God someone said to choose the Jews... But that's what God did. He chose that Israel, God's people Israel, would be the cradle in which his saviour, Emmanuel, would be born. And why shouldn't God choose to send one man, one perfect man, to save the whole world and use one nation to reach the many? So here's this new thing God's doing, the birth of Jesus, the creation of the Saviour in the womb of Mary. But it's actually an old story that God's been unfolding through his people right down to that day Jesus is born. But it is also, lastly, it's a story, a message of good news. The promise of Isaiah fulfilled itself in those words that Matthew quotes as he looks At the birth of Jesus, he says, Yes, Mary, she's a virgin. She's a young, unmarried woman. She will give birth to a son. And thirdly, the son will be called Emmanuel. He will be the one who brings God with us, who brings heaven down to earth. You see that third thing, the the Emmanuel name of Jesus, which we sang, didn't we, in the carol just now? It's not a name, it's a title. Like the other titles in that carol, The Root of Jesse and so on. It's a title for someone who would come and would extraordinarily be God with us. Yes, King, Messiah, those are other titles for Jesus. But Emmanuel says even more, he's going to be God, divinity among us. Bringing God to his people once more when they were estranged and restoring God's reign, God's kingdom on earth. Matthew's going to go on and show in his gospel that God sent Jesus not only for the Jewish people, for his own Jewish people, but actually for the whole world. Because the problem of sin is a universal one. Since Adam and Eve, in fact, right back at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, when they fell for the fruit, the forbidden fruit of pride, the human race, all of us, have been in bondage to sin ever since. And so Jesus, Emmanuel, will be born to restore us to God, to put Adam and Eve's deep problem right. I saw a a dad who once was looking after his young child one evening, he was trying to juggle doing some work at home and cooking the dinner, um, and she was a very bright, active young girl, and he couldn't find a book for her to read. Um, so in desperation to occupy her, he tore a map of the world out of a magazine, and he cut up into pieces and he gave it to her and said, Look, there's a jigsaw. Um, put the world back together. And he went off and got on with some work and thought, that, That's great. That'll be her busy for an hour now. That's impossible, that is. But five minutes later, she came through and she said, Dad, I've done it. And he couldn't believe it. He said, Well, show me. So he went through, and sure enough, there was the map of the world stuck back together on the back with some cellar tape. And he said, How did you do it so quickly? all those different countries and colours, all in the right place. And she said, well, Dad, I realised that on the back of the piece of paper was a picture of a man and a woman. And I worked out if I put the man and the woman back together and stuck them together, I could then put the world back together. And, of course, that is what God is doing at Christmas. He is coming, sending his son Jesus, God with us, to put the world back together by putting Adam and Eve's problem back together no amount of human effort human morality humanism no amount of um, religious effort will be enough to deal with our real problem to put us back together our selfishness our guilt but the angel announces the good news Emmanuel is coming to do it for us. God, whom we once made our enemy, is with us again. So here comes Jesus, announced by the angel to redeem Israel and through his death to bring the whole world back into relationship with God through his love. When I first became aware of God's closeness in Christ, of, of God with us, as a young person, actually sitting in this building some 30 odd years ago listening to this message, this good news that's both new and old and hearing it as if it were for the first time, rather than Naomi was describing herself more recently. Until then, God for me had been just a distant being and suddenly here, as it were, were the messengers of God helping me discover God is with us. Heaven came down to earth. God speaking to me of a saviour, a God whose mercy in Christ spells salvation. A saviour for me, for all who receive him. And perhaps the angel's words about Jesus being Emmanuel, God with us, the one who's come to save us. Maybe those words will speak to all of us, many of us, this night and in this Christmas season. Now as you listen to those words, as you hear some of the words of the carols, perhaps you'll come to another carol service here in the next week or two, perhaps you'll hear heaven coming down to earth for you as well. If you're feeling brave, why not take the step and come along to our Discover group that we'll be offering after the New Year. The details of that, by the way, are inside the Order of Service at the bottom of the page on the inside the Discover course. Uh, which is just a great way to come and listen and explore and ask your questions and just see if, through God, through His mercy, through the angels, heaven comes down to earth. God is with us today. Or maybe just to ponder this good news, I want to pick up as you leave this evening a copy of this attractive little book, which is just our giveaway this year called An Even Better Christmas. Little blue book. Just ask us for that if you're staying for drinks. They'll be by the door there as you leave tonight. And read it through. And if you're open to this, just ask God to speak to you so that heaven may come down to earth for all of us. You see, actually in the Bible, angels are very rare. We see one in our story tonight in Matthew's Gospel. If you look at the Bible, back in the Old Testament, they very rarely appear or mention or do anything that's explicit. So, right back in Genesis, they appear to someone called Lot, they appear to Jacob, the great father of Israel, Jacob. But then it almost goes completely quiet until you turn the page of the Old into the New Testament and to Matthew chapter 1, and the angel appears to Joseph. And then you turn to Luke's Gospel to chapter 1, and the angel appears to Zechariah and to Mary and to the angels in their fields. And suddenly, the world's full of angels, carrying the message, the good news, this old, new story for mankind today. Heaven has come to earth. God is with us. That message today is as old and as new and as good news as it was then. Let's be still for a moment. And then we're going to sing our next carol. Let me listen us in a short prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the messengers that came to speak of your coming Thank you for the angels that spoke to Joseph, to Mary, to others. Thank you that though you were doing something so new, it was old in the heart and the purpose of God. And thank you for dying on the cross to restore us, to forgive us, and for rising to promise us new life now and in eternity. Help us to listen and to experience heaven coming down to earth afresh this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.